Welcome to Straight from the Muzzle, folks, where we are anything but straight. My name is Space. And I'm Bean. And we welcome you to our show, which is about what today? Today we are talking about character origin stories. And if you guys don't know what origin stories are, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But before we delve into our topic, I did want to go over some emails that we recently received in response to a question that we had asked a couple of episodes ago about how COVID-19 is affecting you all. And we do have a few people that have emailed in, so we're going to go ahead and start with those. Um, So I only get mine pulled up. The first one comes from a wonderful furry by the name of Origami. And this is what they have to say. My fursona name is Origami, and I have been to your podcast for quite a long time. I'm a young furry, and I live in the UK, so it's hard to find anyone who even knows what furry means. Um, in quarantine, I'm doing fine. I'm not very, I'm not a very people person, and being alone with my family all the time is not that stressful. School by far is the most stressful. I have loads of distractions, aka YouTube, um, and leaving unfinished work, which gives more stress. Um, so best witches, wish best witches. <laughs> We were just talking about witches, but not on, not, not here. Um, best wishes from Origami. So very cute email. Thank you very much. Um, I did put them in touch with Deer Dog because Deer Dog's also from the UK, and they're a deer. So I figured that'd be kind of cute. I think they're both kind of deer. So hmm. I know I go for that. I know school is really hard for a lot of students right now. I know in um in the county that I'm in, uh, if students were making a B or higher the teachers aren't allowed to fail them no matter if they do the work or not. And if the students were making a C or a lower, uh, what the work that they're doing at home does affect their grade. So I'm like, damn. So like, (laughs) it's not hard to make a B in high school for the most part, if you're taking all standard classes. So like (laughs) you basically get the rest of the year off. Right. And then our second email comes from. So this email comes from Swiftball. He says, hi, guys, it's with Paul from the Telegram chat. I was listening to your COVID-19 episode and I figured I'd shoot y'all an email. I am an essential employee categorized under the defense and national security. I run the laser cutter at work, cutting out flag parts and other military and law enforcement uniform parts. And my job has changed so much. Not only do I still do my normal job, I am also cutting out mask pieces to make homemade masks. And we are working on making subliminated masks like the ones that you see at cons with the animal maws on them but this is geared more towards the military and me and my other employees have to move sewing machines and mark off areas to keep everybody six feet apart yeah i really like the maw masks i actually ordered two recently (laughs) those have always looked cool i think those have like those have been around for quite a a few years now Mm -hmm. i think they're so cool they are really cool We can't eat in the break room anymore. We have to eat at our desk. And you know, it's really hard because I'm the guy that tries to always be cheerful, giving hugs and high fives. And I can't do that anymore. And it freaking kills me. It's also hard when I have to work on the machines. Me and the other maintenance guys have to close proximity to one another to fix them. And it's a big risk. I know this is very long and I'm sorry. I'm just ready for this virus to go back to the pits of hell. (laughs) Enjoy the show. (laughs) Keep on listening. Love ya. Swift ball. Swiftpaw is one of our active um, members in our Telegram chat, and he's always showing all the cool different things that he does. He actually has some really cool things that he does. He does a lot of like um, like metal cuts and oh, that's cool. like 
I think stickers and a few other things. So I've actually thought about in the future, maybe um, going to him and seeing if we can just create something for a con, if we're going to it to give out. So it'd be kind of fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. I didn't know that in his line of business that they were considered essential work. So it's really interesting to hear about who all is essential and who isn't essential. Um, so if you guys have a story, if you are suffering within this COVID-19, if you're at home or if you're an essential job, let us know. We want to tell everyone else about it and we'll share it on our episodes at the very beginning. And all you got to do is just email us at talktothemuzzle at gmail.com, put COVID-19 as your subject, and we'll share it on our next episode. Absolutely. Let's get into our main topic, which we did kind of discuss at the beginning. It is about origin stories. But what is an origin story? An origin story is basically a backstory that you attach to a character. It can be just an original character, or it can be like your fursona. Uh, but basically, it's the story that tags along with the character that has been created. The question is, is where do you start with creating an origin story? You know, is it character design come first? Or does backstory come first and we'll kind of go over the pros and cons of that character design i mean i guess that would be like your persona right just like yeah your persona or just a character in general uh you can go either way starting with a character design or a backstory so um a lot when it comes to the furry fandom i feel like a lot of people start with the character design first and then build the backstory onto that and yeah, but then with backstory, I feel like a lot of professionals like in the comics industry probably start with a backstory in a world first and then go- build the characters off of that. So I think it just depends on the type of art and the type of, you know, artist, really. There's really no wrong way to do this. You could do with character design. You could go with backstory, uh, demographics. Um, or backstory. I call it demographics because I think it sounds cooler. Um, <laughs> you right. But you could go. Re- you really could go either way because a backstory could be the way you build your character and how you design it, and the designing of your character could really be how you design the character of the backstory of your origin. So it kind of goes hand in hand. It just depends on how you want to play with it. Yeah. What is character design? I know back in season one, I think it was actually episode four, we had an episode called Fursonas, and we discussed the basic building blocks of creating a fursona. So if you want to refer to that episode, that could also help you if you are struggling with creating a character design and a backstory. Uh, But basically, there are set building blocks when creating a fursona or a character. It's, you know, the aesthetic of the character, the attitude of the character, and the characters' environments that play into those things. All right. So let's start with the first category, which is aesthetic looks. These aspects of the fursona can range from species, height, weight, gender, skin or fur color, simple or complex designs, accessories, clothes or no clothes, and more. You can literally create whatever you want, however you want. Just make sure that you're having fun with it. So the second category is attitude. We can treat this as a personality to your persona, much like emotions and attributes. For example, let's say you designed a poodle whose name is Noodle that's shaped like a zoodle, which is basically a veggie noodle. Naturally, I would want to pick a personality that's almost as ridiculous as that design. 
So let's do a whimsical, curious poodle that daydreams in the night and likes to go on adventures that don't actually happen. Basically, what I've done is I've created this fun-loving character that doesn't really make any sense, but now you have an idea of what my character looks like and what their personality is like. Something else that's really important when it comes to a character as a whole is the name. And I feel like this is where a lot of people struggle. And of course, you can't have a right or wrong way of naming a character. But I feel like in the furry community... Uh, there's a lot of names that are very like, okay, here's just an example of this. Like again, there's no right or wrong way, but an unsuccessful or uncreative way of naming a character. Let's say you create your character and you're like, okay, I made this cool character. What am I going to name it? And you're like, I'm going to name it Wolfie or I'm going to name it, you know, night, night star you know something anything like that but like let's say you name or you make an edgy character like let's say you have this edgy ass character it looks really cool it's you know it's got cool wings and spikes but then you name it wolfie it's like why did you do that (laughs) do you know what i mean and i've seen so many instances like that it's like i feel like furries have such a good time making the character but then when it comes to naming it it's like they just blank and then they just end up going with like their username. And I'm like, you can actually come up with a name. You don't have to use your username. Yeah. There's lots of ways you can come up with names. Um, I do see a lot on like Facebook and Twitter and chat rooms of people being like, here's this picture of my persona. Help me come up with a name. And that's cool. And all, I think it's great that you like, you're getting other people's opinions, but then at the end, like, is it something I mean, is, are you choosing it because someone threw it out there and you like the name of it? Or are you choosing it because you really want it to be that? Yeah. I think I think naming a persona should be personal. It should be something that comes from your imagination. And that can be loads of different things. They can be like my my favorite thing to do is literally name them either as a pun or in the category of what it is. So like, oh shoot, like the jelly dogs that you made. <laughs> yeah. I care. What did I name that one? I want to say it was like PB and J or something. Yeah, it was, it was just it was really cute the way it was designed, and it was actually Bean that made it, and so I adopted it because I'm like I want this. Um, right, you were the one that made it. Yeah, I made him. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, this is a really cute thing. I basically what I took is I I looked at the fursona itself. Um, so it was like a jelly dog. It was literally a dog that was also kind of like a jellyfish, and I'm like the colors just totally remind me of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and therefore his name is now going to be pb and j so that's that's one way you can do it um naming just on the brain uh i know we're gonna talk about our characters origin stories later but like what okay what made you want to name your persona space and i know it's not his real name but like why don't you talk about the name of your persona for a second and then i'll pop in with mine because i think that would be really fun to do with this little part do you want me to go with my the real name of space, or do you want me to do what his name is right now, as everyone knows? Both. Okay. So um, the real name of space came after I created my first fursona. My fursona's name is Space Bear Sparks. It used to be Space Dog Spiff, and that was my first fursona that I created. And my fursona's actually kind of evolved over time, much like how a Pokemon evolves over time. Um, and the name kind of changed, but the name came from a nickname that I had 
when I was younger, but also from a comic book character that I very much liked. And so it came from Calvin and Hobbes. And then Calvin would have these like crazy, like imaginations and like pretend worlds of him being something called Spaceman Spiff. And so I'm like, that's such a cool name. And my family always called me Spiff. So that was just kind of like my nickname. So when I first created my character, I wanted it to be something that was part of me. So I named it Space Dog Spiff. And over time, I I kept the first name Space because it was just, it kind of like stuck and people have always called me Space. So that's just kind of like my name. Over time, it changed um, and it evolved into uh, Space Bear. I think it was actually Space Dog Sparks once, and I hated it. So then I changed it to Space Bear Sparks, and I really liked that <laughs> name. But Space's real name isn't Space Bear Sparks. It's actually Jazette Sparks, and that's spelled J-Z-E-T-T-E, and then Sparks, which is S-P-A-R-X. Fancy, man. It's supposed to be, yeah, it's supposed to be, you know, cyberpunk meets steampunk kind of a themed name but i always felt like it was like this his name but no one ever asks about it so i never bring it up but that's actually his real name and i i picked it because it fit his character perfectly and it also fit fit like the the aesthetics of steampunk and cyberpunk and it kind of just meshed perfectly together i'm like this is a really cool name but people are going to get really confused if I start calling him Gisette, but I'm really space. So I've just kept my name as space. But if you ever wanted to know, my actual character's name is Gisette Sparks. Just two names. I love it when characters have like where their nicknames become so popular where that's just people don't know their real name. I have a character like that and I'll be talking about him later, but his, his name is Rocket. Uh, people always call him Rocket, but that's not his legal name. He hates his legal name, so he just goes by his nickname. Even his parents call him by his nickname unless they're mad at him. But his real name is Rupert, and he hates it because he thinks it sounds lame. <laughs> and people always made fun of him for it. See, I'm the exact opposite. Like, I would love for people to call my character by its real name, but no one does. I might, I should get some art done with his real name. That would be fun. Like, I have a bunch of badges of Rocket, and, you know, they all say Rocket, and he's all happy and all the badges, but I should just have one where it says Rupert, but his face looks disgusted. <gasps> like, how dare you call me Rupert? <laughs> That's what you should do. Okay, so you should do, like, a two-sided badge. So one <laughs> yeah. side is Rocket, and then the other side is, like, a disgruntled Rupert. It <laughs> <laughs> would be perfect. Oh, I would love that. That would be great. I would <sighs> totally do I should commission. I'll commission you to do that, because I know you'll be able to pull it off. Oh, it'd be so funny. It'd be so much fun. But yeah, that's like that that's what can go into a name. How did I even come up with the name Gisette? That's the question. I think I was like You probably just thought it sounded cool. I think it sounded cool, but I think I combined a couple of different names like Juliet, and then I heard of like just I watched a lot of sci-fi when I created it, and so I'm like, this sounds like a really cool name. And it sounds also really complicated that no one will ever spell it right. So I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I know with um, Bean and Rory, those are my two personas. Bean's name originates from uh, a pet name that my fiance calls me, which is Beans. And I was like, what if both of our secondary personas were based off of uh, pet names that we gave each other? And one pet, she was going to be B, like B-E-E. Oh. Uh, but 
that's a pet name that we both use for each other. And I'm like, mm, I want one that you specifically call me and not something that we just pass back and forth. And she was like, I call you beans. And I'm like, okay, I'll name her bean. I just want a single bean. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting. If you listen to the original, that fursona's episode, I didn't call you bean before it was moths. And then it went to Rory and then it went to bean. Yeah. But people thought I was having an identity crisis, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and people i've actually had someone that are like who's who who's this person i'm like they're the same person they've just kind of gone through a phase of changing their name people do yeah. it it happens because i for the longest time people called me moths which is my username no one ever called me by my persona's name even though that's what i wanted but no one ever did it so i just rolled with them calling me by my username uh rory is my my other persona bean is my persona as me as i am and then rory is me personified to the extreme and then you have rocket rocket isn't a persona he's just a character oh he's just a character okay mm-hmm. but rory's name actually is she's just and this is going to be kind of embarrassing because i'm sure this is a little lame but her name is directly pulled from the show gilmore girls because that show is really important to me my sister and i love that show we watch it together all the time and when we were young and a lot of our humor came from it and so I, I was like, I'm going to name my persona Rory because I just really like it. <laughs> I've never watched that show. I love I've heard show. it's a good show, but I've never actually watched it. I think it was on the WB. I own it all on DVD. Oh, of course. <laughs> See, okay, so my, my favorite show is Scrubs. I love Scrubs. Oh, I love Scrubs so much. And I really want to have an eagle moment. If you guys don't know what it is, it's when – JD runs towards Turk. Turk lifts him up in the air and he goes, Eagle! And I just want to do it so bad. That's going to be us at the airport. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so cool. He'd be like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Bean and I have never met before in person, but we've known each other for a couple of years now. We were supposed to meet last weekend, but FWA got canceled. Yeah, stupid government. Off COVID. <laughs> Whatever. So we're planning for BLFC. So if you guys are going to BLFC, we're going to be there. And we'll probably do a panel as well. Yeah. So why not? So character design is only one part of... Uh, rate that burp between 1 and 10. I'm going to go um, with <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like bell peppers. Ew. <laughs> I, had. I love bell peppers. I love bell peppers, but not the second come round. Oh yeah, it's it's a bell pepper casserole that I made. It was really good, <laughs> but the burp wasn't. <laughs> I want you to email me what you think that rating is. I want to see it. So, character design is just half of creating an origin story. The other part that's also important is the backstory demographic. And you might wonder, well, what is a backstory demographic? It's When you create a story that's real or fiction with aspects that describe the background and culture of what your imagination comes up with. So you can base it on real events. You can base it off of complete nonsense, but it's what builds your character's, I guess, presence. So things that like you can do for like a backstory demographic, like think about like, does your character live in a city? Is it located on earth or is it located on a different planet? What does that planet look like? Does it have air? Can you not breathe on it? Do you have to have special equipment? Um, What's the society like? Is it advanced? Is it primitive? 
Is the culture different? Would you base it off of the same culture we have now? These would be like demographics. For anyone out there who kind of likes to look at analytics, analytics is a way of breaking down statistics and stats. And another word for that would be demographics. And that's kind of like how we know where you guys are coming from. It shows us that, you know, male and female watch our show, but part of them come from this part of the world and some of them come from this part of the world. And it's kind of cool to see the breakdown. And that's kind of like how a backstory works. It's a breakdown of little bits of things that you put together and then you create a story based off of it. And you can do so many things with this. Um, That's where we basically asked you all to email us your backstory, your origin story to your fursona. And I, we got a good couple of emails and we got like five or six of them. Yeah, we did. Um, and we'll talk about ours here in a second, but I think that's really important is to kind of build off of that. Some people would be like, this is my character and they go to school and then that's it. Well, what kind of school do they go to? Do they go to like elementary high school? Are they in university? Are they in like a technical school? What are they studying? What are they doing? Are they interacting with people? What's that environment like? That's what I want to see is that type of like imagination. Because when you start to like build it, it can just like unravel in a good way. And it just keeps going on and on and on. And I think it's the most exciting part is building that backstory. It's the basics of building your character design in a way. Oh, yeah. So like, and and here's the thing about these is that you they could be as simple or as complicated as you want. Like, for example, you said, this is my character. They go to school and they're this old. And, like, that's pretty basic. But if you want to have an actual origin story with your character to, like, just have have more of a base for them to stand on, just expand it even a little bit. You don't have to be like, they live on planet X and do this and this. You could be like, yeah, they live in Florida. They go to college here. And they like to eat pizza. Like, that's that's better than nothing. Like, it doesn't have to be super complicated, but it does give you a, a base for artists to work off of, for you to work off of, you know, things like that. A kind of a good example to this would be, like, if, if anyone's ever taken creative writing, and I don't know what the standard is across the board, but we were told to write a sentence, and then we were told to look at that sentence and build a paragraph off of it. And then off of that paragraph, we were told to build an essay off of it. And so we were able to break down from one sentence into one essay and create a story based off of very minimalistic things at the very beginning. And so, like you said, it can be very simple and there's nothing wrong with that. Or it can be complex where you build off of that. So you can really go either way. And there's no wrong way to do that either. I think it's more fun to go... You don't have to go super complex, but it's fun to kind of take it from one sentence to a couple of sentences because then you have more to your character. And then maybe, you know, you'll build more off of that eventually. But it's kind of fun to start creating a story of your persona. I think that's a fun thing to do. I wish more people would do it. Yeah. And there's and it can help to just write it down, too. I know I use Toy House, which is a website that you could sort your characters and put all your images of them there. And um, I have a character on there that is a simple character. He doesn't have an extreme backstory, but he still has a little paragraph. So you can literally just write one sentence down and then see if you could build off of it. I could read it if you want. It's only a couple sentences. Yeah, that'd be cool. That should be a challenge for you guys. You should create a challenge. Yeah, that'll be an episode right there. 
So the character that I'll read real quick, he's a blue tongue skink and his name is Dally O'Malley. <laughs> <laughs> his, his full name is Dallas, but he goes by Dally. I love it. So Dallas is a simple guy whose first love is music with a fast food as a side chick. He's a bit on the lazy side and his house and car, which is an old beat up red and white Chevrolet, are pretty cluttered. He keeps himself clean, but doesn't try too hard with his appearances. Despite this, he can clean up himself and his act when need be. He's a jokester and is really goofy with his friends and is fairly flirty, even with girls out of his league. He knows his boundaries, but isn't scared to shoot his shot. He spends most of his time writing music, practicing drums and bass, and hanging out with his two best friends. He is also in a punk band called Knuckle Fist, where he is the shitty lead singer. He hated high school as a kid. Because of this, despite being in his early 20s, he refuses to go to college. Instead, he works at a local music shop and lives in a small apartment and makes ends meet the best he can. He is happy with his life, despite its simplicity. So, like, there's not a big backstory to that. It's literally, he's just a dude. <laughs> but you can Yeah, still... and there's just, like, a background of the dude. I kind of like it, though. Yeah, it's just a dude, but you can get, like, the personality of him and his interests based off of that little blurb and, you know, the artwork that goes with it. So you don't have to have a complicated backstory, but you can still, like you know, build up your character. Something else that helps a lot is having a list of likes and dislikes. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, for example, for him, his likes are summer nights, road trips, fast food, Twinkies, music, singing, and Pepsi. And his <laughs> dislikes are Mountain Dew, cold weather, closed-toed shoes, and clowns. <laughs> I have not thought about that before. And I'm kind of, I'm just going to write this down, create a, like, a likes and dislikes. I've never actually thought about what spaces likes and dislikes are. I have a list of li- likes and dislikes of Every single character I have. Oh, I should do that. I don't even... I, I should just do that for reference sheets, because I don't even do that for reference sheets. I just say, here's my character, here's the colors, go for it. <laughs> I never like go into detail as to what he is, or why he is, or what he likes and doesn't like. I'm going to create a list. I'm doing this right now. I'm <laughs> on my table. I'm going to come up with one. I do not like Twinkies. So I'm going to put that on there. Oh, Dally has a tattoo of um of a Twinkie with little floaty wings and clouds behind it. And it says, um, never die young because Twinkies don't expire. Uh, that's great. <laughs> I have a little picture of it. I need to draw it out. But yeah, it's on the back of his calf. <laughs> He's a trash that's man. Awesome. <laughs> He's like Danny DeVito as a lizard. Oh, that's, I can imagine that. <laughs> Danny DeVito, good man. I wouldn't say, I guess you could say like my backstory has the potential to have a really complex story going with it. It just right now, like, and I I typed it out for this show to kind of like give you guys an idea as to how you would build using the two elements of character design and backstory demographics and how you could create something short, very much what you just read off. I, I have the idea of what spaces like origin story is, and I do want to create it and add it, like, I guess, yeah, adapt it into like an actual story so people can read it. But I've never actually gone into that element yet. He's kind of just been stuck where he is. Spaces background takes place on earth in an advanced society that teeters on what is ethical and not ethical when it comes to genetic splicing with animals. Um, he is the ancestor of an, an experimental project done decades ago in a secret government facility that orbits Earth. Space was to be an agent or an assassin of the ISA, which is the Intergalactic Space Agency, 
and was slave to the highest bidder. So the agency itself doesn't necessarily govern uh, or doesn't follow the govern of what the world is. They kind of have like their own thing and they're kind of like floating, but no one knows they're out there. So a lot of like higher politicians will go to this agency to put hits or targets or need something done. And so space would be basically pawned off to the highest bidder and then would do their bidding. So he's kind of like a slave. From that, um, he has since gone rogue and is rumored to be still using ISA tech that's been modified into space's body, also known as biological cybernetic enhancements. So and if you look at some of my character artwork, you would see that like on his left arm, there's a lot of like cybernetic enhancements that are kind of like built into him and on his arm. And then there's some stuff that goes on his eye. And so what he did is he took the tech from the ISA and kind of modified it. Now there's, I haven't decided if my character goes to someone to have this done or if he just does it himself. And that's something that I've been kind of toying with, but he has this like modified tech that only works for him and he can actually create tech at his own whim, like at his own will within his hand, but it only works with his DNA. So if you were to hold it, it wouldn't work. So that's what kind of makes you unique. But what I kind of put at the end was, is his whereabouts are unknown for the IS or to the ISA for years until someone recently picked up a proximity spark from his teleportation device. So space can jump in and out of like parallel universes along with different areas of the universe itself. So what I kind of left it as is where the story could potentially begin is space should be at some point somewhere in the solar system that we all know. And the only way that we know that is because old tech that was sewn into his body somehow showed up on their radar and now he's on the radar. So now he's going to be on the run again. And that's where the next part of space's story starts to develop. And there's not a lot of like smoothness to it, but it kind of gives you an idea as to what my character is. Now, is that what my character is now? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, my character now looks more loving um, and kind of just like this cute, like, polar bear who's black and blue, has white to him, and then, you know, wears a sweater vest and glasses, and that's about it. But I've actually thought about adapting, like, a backpack to him, and in that backpack is his actual, like, gear and stuff, but no one knows it. And so I think, um, Bean, you had mentioned off recording it'd be kind of funny if like i walked into i don't know like a closet and there was like my old gear or something oh yeah the way i described it was like you you just you see space sitting at the table he has his like cute little reading glasses on he's reading like a book or something and then he puts down the book and he walks into his bedroom and he opens up his closet and it's kind of like those closets in superhero movies where you open up this closet and then yeah. a secret door opens and then there's a superhero suit in a glass container it's like that. He just, <laughs> he's wearing like a bathrobe ready to go to bed and he opens up his closet puts his paw on the glass yeah, and just smiles at his much. suit and then closes it and goes to bed <laughs> like do now is i want to kind of like incorporate what space's character ultimately is now into this backstory and kind of create like he's he's kind of settled down he has a place where he likes to be but there's still a part of him that's there and he knows the dangers and he knows people are watching and trying to find him but at the same time he's kind of found where he wants to be and so i kind of want to create these new like silly little adventures that come from 
his newest look, but that's still tied to his backstory and his background and his past. So that's where I'm going with that one. Let's hear from yours, though. You have I like uh, it. Rupert. <laughs> yeah. So uh, your story is a little more complicated. And I know there's 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 always a spectrum of thing. There's simple backstories. There's complicated backstories. And there's kind of in between. I would say Rocket is kind of in between that. So Rocket is my Macaw character that I've had for a couple years now. He's a college-age dude. He lives in a shared house in Florida with his two best friends, Hendrix and Rita. They are poodles. Uh, he's in college to be a marine biologist, and he's super into the, like, staying green movement, help the environment, recycle. Like, he goes to the beach and picks up trash in his free time. He doesn't drive. Uh, he bikes or skates on a skateboard instead. His town is pretty small and is bike-friendly, so this is possible for him. And he's a vegetarian. He spends a lot of his time playing video games and playing instruments, and he seems to have a pretty normal life, but the twist is that his best friend is an alien, (laughs) and the alien's name is Ziggy, and he crashes his ship into their backyard one day while Rocket is on the back porch studying and smoking pot, and... (laughs) <laughs> they go on a shit ton of adventures together uh, with his, you know, his two roommates and friends. And while they're going all these on all these adventures, they also have to work on hiding the fact that Ziggy is an alien. And it's really fun. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. And Ziggy is actually, uh, he's my friend's character. He's not mine. Uh, but he presents as a ferret with wings and a third eye. And he's based off of Ziggy Stardust, oh, which is a David cool. Bowie character. So it shows that, like, even with a simple backstory, you yeah. still have a lot of information there. So you can still have a lot of stuff without having it being complex. It just depends on how you tell it. Yeah, and a lot of backstory stuff can also pertain, like, to the character's past. Like, for example, uh, Rocket doesn't drive. His front is that he doesn't because of, you know, you know, gases and emissions. It's bad for the environment. But he actually doesn't drive because his uh, his family got into a car accident when he was probably 12. And his little Aww. sister died in the car accident. It was from a drunk driver hitting them. So he is—he doesn't like to drive and he doesn't like to drink in general. Um, he will be in a car and he knows he has to learn to drive eventually. But he's so scared of it because of that incident that he just tries right not to. <laughs> so you've kind of heard like how you can build everything and how everything works. What we've decided to do is ask you guys to send in your stories. So we want to see what everyone else's stories are. So we have a few that we want to read off. I'm so excited. Okay, this person is from, uh, their name on here is Kaya, I think. Is that how you pronounce it? Kai or Kaya? Uh, Uh, And they say... Kia, (laughs) like the car. (laughs) (laughs) They say... Hi, I saw your tweet about wanting to know about backstories for four personas, so I figured I'd share mine. Trigger warning, there's death, pain, and skinning. Nice. Nan? Yeah. N- nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't know if it's pronounced Nan or Nan. I'm just going to go with Nan. I think that's what it is. Nan comes from a separate universe where animals can have funky shapes and colors to their fur, and humans capture certain animals to put on fur farms to use for coats and the like. Her mother, Mabel, was an arctic fox that was captured and brought to the farm. That's where she met Nan's father, Deverick. 
He was a red fox that would sneak into the yard of the farm so he could be fed and then would sneak out of the farm at night before they picked which foxes they would want to slaughter. After Nan was born, Mabel hid her the best she could from the humans, mainly because she had markings and colors that were very rare and highly wanted. Mabel and Deverick decided that they were going to have uh, they would have to get her out of the farm. So they decided that at night they would sneak her out of the farm with the dad when he leaves. And the next night, the mom would go with him to leave. That night, Deverick said goodbye and took Nan to his den. Then the next day, he went to go find Mabel, and she was nowhere to be found. The humans had taken her that night after Deverick left to be skinned. Uh, he was absolutely heartbroken, but he realized he still had Nan, and so he made sure that she had the happiest childhood he could possibly provide for her. When he was on his deathbed, he decided to tell Nan about what happened to her mother. After that, she swore to end the fur farm industry and to help get revenge for her mother's death. I think that's a really cool story. I like it. I like it a lot. I don't hear uh, too many people make stories with more feral-like characters, uh, which those always bring me back to like the Beatrix Potter stories with like the rabbits, uh, you know, sneaking on people's gardens or or like Watership Down. Yeah, that's uh, what I was like thinking that. of. Um, did you look at their, their, they, they submitted a picture of their character or their first owner? They did. Yeah. So cute. Very cute. I love it. So their character is this fox and it's got red and then it's got some teal and black and white. And then it's got like this pink little heart above, I want to say above the left breast. Um, and then they have like this cute little like winky, like tongue out kind of like face and i'm like you know i don't see that very often in like just straight up persona like or character pictures so i really like that so it was really cute i thought that was really cute our next origin story comes from spore that's what they would like to be referred to as um so she is my original cantor so i don't know what is a cantor did we already go over it's this? a it's an original species of okay. theirs it looks kind of like a fox raptor angler fish thing i kind of like that it has an angler you know it kind of reminds me of um because it has fins it reminds me stuff of, too. Of, of york of your first son of bean with a little sprout <laughs> oh yeah bean has a sprout grown out of her head yeah it's so cool <laughs> but that's like only in her feral form right yeah only in her feral form yeah I like this. This is cute. There's other pictures on it, too. I really like this. Okay, so enough of that. Let me, let me read their story. So so as I said, my fursona's name is Spore. She is my original Cantor, a species I created. I should probably describe what they look like, too. Cantor are a civilized species that represent or resembles water-dwelling raptors. Okay, so we were, you, were cl- you were pretty much like right on the money right there. Yeah. Um, I'll include the picture. They aren't mannequins, I promise. Um, there are jobs as well. Each character must have a job. Spore's job is a cook. They have longer feet, kind of similar to kangaroos, but not short. Um, uh, Cantor also has webbing in between their toes and fingers. They originated on a small planet, Malaporia. I think I got that right. Milporia. Milporia. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Milporia. That's cute. Um, it's very small, close to the size of Pluto, and it's about 85% water. Cantor prefer not to live in larger cities, so most populated areas or vig- villages were suburbs. 
They are hermaphrodites, meaning females can reproduce asexually. However, there are still males, smiths, males, not smales. <laughs> um, Spore was born in a village with middle class parents. They were average, not spoiling her and abusing her. Um, not abusing her. Sorry, I should say that. <laughs> not spoiling her, not abusing her. Uh, she was sent to a normal school around age 10. She started to excel in all subjects with superior skills. By grade six, she was already 10th grade level in language arts and by eighth grade level in math. Um, some called her a genius, but she was pretty humble about it. Eventually, she was accepted into one of the top colleges and began research on food scientists and cancer studies. She became a chef at a popular restaurant and lived with only one male she called her mate. So that's it. <laughs> they're like, I okay, I love I'm... this. It's cute. There's a lot of there's a lot that goes into it. I love the fact that they're a chef. I love I love seeing chef furries. I think they're so cute. Yes. And I love the design of the species. It's very unique. Absolutely. So thank you, Spore, for emailing in. Loved it. And the next one is Harper, and this one is is a little bit different than the others. So Harper emailed us in, and they already had a character designed, uh, but they were actually asking about help with a name, I do believe. Yep. And then I I replied back to them asking, like, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Tell me more about your persona. Like, who are they? What do they look like? And it's how they responded to that email that really makes it interesting. Yeah, I'll go ahead and read it for us. So after we asked uh, about, you know, giving us some more information, they sent a reference and Harper said, I chose for my persona to be a cat. Ever since I was little, I loved cats with my entire heart. I treasure every cat video I see online. I relate to the species because I love to sleep and be lazy. However, I often have bits of energy and I'm not afraid to use it. The colors are, um, wait, what is this? Oh, the colors well past my sonas for the past two years have been edgy cats with dyed hair and black and white patterns. I didn't feel like that was me. I created what I wanted and not the colors that reflected me. I thought of my aesthetic, forest, nighttime, little sounds of paw pads you sometimes hear in the, brush, in the bushes while outside. Those colors reminded me of it. The moon symbol on their back is a tribute to my love for the moon and space in general. The fascination of what's really out there. The diamond on his chest is meant to be almost star-shaped. I love the stars and constellations of zodiacs you see in the sky. But me in real life, I'm just a tired trans middle schooler. I love pretty much all the popular fandoms such as Homestuck, anime, Danganronpa, Animal Crossing. Pretty much I'm not that unique. I love to draw and look at nature. However, even though I love nature, I don't like being in it. I've been in this community for the past three years of my life, and I've gone through quite a few personas, but I've had trouble attaching to them. This persona felt pe personal unlike the others. They felt more like me and a bit of who I want to be and improve as as a person. I have a hard time expressing myself and communicating with other people. I don't know face to face. I find it easier to express through my persona and art, and this persona felt to really embody that. So I really like this email because they describe color by using sound and descriptive words that I probably would have never thought to do, like forest nighttime with the sound of pop pads you sometimes hear outside. 
Like you just don't hear like people don't talk like that. So it's kind of cool to hear someone talk like that. It's really unique. I like the character design. It's cute. It's, it's very cute. It's very cute. I love it. And the thing is, folks, you don't have to have an amazing ref sheet or like an amazing, well thought out, you know, persona. It can be basic drawings. It can be something that you colored in through a template. If that works for you, that works for you. So I, I want to like stress for everyone when you're creating your persona or, you know, you're not sure what to do. Don't worry about what the quality of it looks like, because that's not reflecting who you are. It's just reflecting what you're trying to create. And I want that to be like the most important thing, just in general. Our, uh, our next email comes from a furry by the name of Randolph the Fox. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. it yeah, it is. It sounds cute. They have two different stories. So I'm just going to pick one out of the two. Um, so their first story is about Mr. Cuddles. <laughs> so, <laughs> we like this name. Um, as for his backstory, he was the result of an experiment from Dr. Neo Cortex. When he mixed a gator with a kangaroo he had in one of his labs one day in an attempt to make a hybrid animal. Of course, he ended up with a dingle dial, a dingo dial, a dingle dial. Ding, ding, <laughs> that's hard to say. Dingo dial. Dingo there dial. we go. <laughs> I want to say like dingle doyle. Um, down the line, he was later kicked out of Cortex's castle because Cortex didn't find any use for Mister Cuddles. Because of that, Mister Cuddles is forced to make himself comfortable a couple of miles away from Doctor Cortex. As a result, in somewhat beat up house that no one was using using his instincts he decided to live on his own by any means necessary and that's it like i said it doesn't have to be complex it could be just something super simple but cute and funny at the same time something about this actually um is that this universe that this person is building off of is actually from Crash Bandicoot, which is a game series. Dr. Neo Cortex is a character in that game. Mm -hmm. And looking at the artwork that they sent in the email, I could tell that these are fan characters for that video game series. And that's something else that's interesting to touch on, is that a lot of people have characters that are based off of things that are like video games or comics that already exist. Oh, yeah. And they'll just add to the story with their own flair, which is so fun. Like, don't even get us started on Sonic the Hedgehog community. <laughs> oh, my God. Have you tried doing that thing where you type in your name and then put the hedgehog after it and you get to see what fan characters <laughs> exist? No. Like, like, I should do it. space the hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like you just on Google? Did you just like Google it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. you just Google it. Like, I've typed in like Sydney the hedgehog and it was like the ugliest fucking thing in the world. Let's see what I get here. Space the hedgehog. I I'm get with you. <laughs> That's cute. That's not bad. It's a hedgehog in a spacesuit next to an asteroid. Oh, I see it. Dude, I got some rad ones. I got some hedgehogs wearing helmets. I got the better end of this stick, thank God. Oh, I don't like that one though. Oh, it's it's the predator and then the tongue that's coming out is a hedgehog at the end of the tongue. Oh, That's no. weird. No, 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 no. This is what I got for me. I'm going to show you on Telegram. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. That link. What Holy is that? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this, thing is like, this thing is like a mile long. It's like, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to copy and paste that. Wait, no. Oh, my gosh. It's like several pages long. Hold on. 
Whoop here. I, <laughs> I hit copy image location and then that happened. Okay, here's the picture. I just saved it. <laughs> That's so interesting. It's uh, funny. The funny thing is, what did you type in again? It was. I typed in Rory the Hedgehog. It's funny because it comes up with a ref sheet of a person named Rory. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's usually the point of these things is that like hopefully you'll find a fan character that somebody has drawn and usually it can come up with some really weird stuff because the Sonic the Hedgehog community could be pretty weird. It's usually a lot of feet pics. A, a little weird, a little <laughs> crazy, a little like sensitive, which is always fun to poke fun at if you ever just want to yeah. have a laugh. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's it's just it's its own thing and we kind of just like leave it in the corner where it is and we don't really like acknowledge it (laughs) in in a nice way possible uh anyways all right our last email comes from oh there's the name soft boy maddie (laughs) yep so this is a really cool one i'll go ahead and read it so maddie's backstory isn't completely fleshed out But I'll give you what I got so far. There is a small space in heaven dedicated to a rare type of animal known as the Angel Guardians, made by a heavenly being to be sent down and assist those walking the thin line of death. Maddie came to be when her parents became too old to work anymore. Even though they're heavenly beings, they themselves do not live forever. Her parents asked their creator for a gift. A child is all they wanted to be able to continue their line of kind work. The creator granted their wish, her parents forever grateful to their maker. Growing up, Maddie was raised to be the best guardian she could be. Her parents had a small house with a decent garden in the back. Most of her days were spent helping in the garden with her mother and father, digging up current crops and planting new ones. At the age of 50, which is five in human years, Maddie got her first calling to watch over somebody on Earth. The guardians tend to take on the form of any animal the dying human is thinking about for comfort. Most take the form of a dog or a cat, a friendly companion there that the human can be comfortable with as they pass. To her surprise, her first assignment was a child. She was never told that she would be assigned. She didn't even know that a human children could die. The rest isn't worked out completely, but she takes on the form of a drawing the child had done of a colorful rabbit. Only people dying can see the animal guardians. Maddie got attached to the child, and once they passed, she kept her form to remember them and has since only worked with children. I think this is absolutely beautiful. This is my favorite one so far. I I love it. It's it's kind of... I'm really sensitive at heart, so I always get emotional over things like this, but I really love it. It's kind of what I wanted when I was a kid. It's like a it's like a bittersweet universe that they've built here. Yeah, this would be a great children's book. It would be a great young adult or child's like chapter book. It would be. This would be really good. There's a lot of potential here. Mm Hmm. Definitely. Well, that is the end of our show and emails. But I don't want to let you guys go with just that. So. I've decided we're going to ask you a question at the end of every episode and you're going to write to us and we'll share it on the next episode. So um, a question that I think would be perfect because we were thinking about this before we actually started the episode. 
Shower thoughts. <laughs> These are thoughts you have in the shower, questions, just things that kind of come to your mind that you would never think of elsewhere. So pointless questions like someone had emailed into us and said, is a rock soft before you touch it? Like who asks that question? <laughs> like for real, but it, it's, it kind of just piques your interest. So our question to you is what are your shower thoughts? Email us at talktothemuzzle at gmail.com and in the subject put shower thoughts. And then we will share those emails on the next episode that we record coming in the next couple of weeks. So I really so want to see this because this has so much potential. And it this really will does. in itself be its own episode. Oh, yeah. It'll be its own episode. We're going to come up with some and we're also going to read emails. So if you have any, you know, send them in and you'll get a little shout out. And then we'll obviously create an actual episode off of it as well. So... So something fun. All right. Well, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a that was a fun one. I enjoyed reading yeah. those emails. We love getting those emails. So please email us. We really want to hear from you, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, Telegram, Discord, or even just a straight up email. Just send it to us, whether it's hi, hello, how's your week? I just love seeing them. And we do respond to them, whether it's Bean or myself, but we do like respond to every single one of them and they're individually tailored to the email that comes in. So nothing's copy and paste. So that's always a good thing for you guys. Mm -hmm. um, so without further ado, we thank you for listening to our episode and we will see you next time. See you next time. Bye.